Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. Happy end of February. Happy end of February, Bree. We are one month closer to Contact in the Desert. Hell yeah! Well, speaking of UFO conferences, uh, we actually just got back yesterday from UFO Con in San Francisco. What an interesting weekend. We didn't stay the entire time. Well, I should say we weren't there for the entire event. We were just there Saturday. We stayed the night there, though. Which, now that we've come out of it, I wish we probably should have stayed. Really? A night or two, yeah. Feel like, I feel like at least Friday, Saturday, we should have done. Mm. And not Sunday. I'm fine with going home on the last day. Maybe only Friday because we missed George Nori. But I can't really imagine it being so packed with things going on. And if you haven't noticed, we were so antsy. We were very antsy. There's going to be some stuff that we're going to release on our Patreon here in the next few days. And I'm actually, when I upload it to Patreon, going to put, please excuse me and Brie whispering. You can hear it. I can't get rid of it. We just make jokes all the time. Just ignore it. I saw that you told someone it was kind of like our warm up for contact and that's a really great way to put it because it's a lot smaller of an event compared to contact. But man, I never realized when the ADD comes kicking in how I'm really trying and it's not that the information isn't interesting. It's just that I don't know if I can sit still for that long anymore. Well, yeah, the one thing I think that we love about contact is like you're, you're not forced to kind of sit in lectures all day long. There's a million things going on. And with these smaller events that are, you know, only one room, you're kind of trapped in that one area. Well, maybe not trapped is the right word, but you know, yeah. you're you're in that one area just with back-to-back lectures and sometimes you get a little fidgety sitting inside of there. Good point. With contact, there's so many other things that you can do simultaneous. You know, you can maybe pop in a lecture, but then you can bounce and there's so many other things going on at the same time where UFOCon, it's really just one lecture, it's over. Another lecture, it's over. You know, it's just like one at a time. Well, not much in between either. Like you Nothing get, you get like a three or four minute before they switch everything over. So it's very fast paced. Although I will admit we had a fantastic time. We definitely did. I learned some things that we can talk about, but I also think sometimes it's we make the events fun for us. Oh, and I was, speaking of that, I was downstairs waiting for Brie And I was talking to her sweet, sweet mom. And she was like, you know, how was this event? And I said, you know, I feel like as always, it starts off a little rough. And then as the day goes on, the event gets better and better. But in true fashion of that one time I was abducted by aliens, all of our events are kind of like that. The first few hours, Bree's like really anxious, sitting around. She's like, there's not a lot of people here. No one's talking to us. Why don't we have any friends? That's always me. I'm like, I just want to make friends. Yeah. And then we're like sitting by ourselves. And it's like, we almost have to work up the courage to be ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we kind of have to sit around assess the situation, assess the crowd that's going in. Because, you know, if you've never met us in, you know, real life before, half of us can be a little aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so sometimes I have to gauge my aggressiveness inside of those kinds of situations where at contact, I could be like as loud as I want because there's so much happening, but Mm -hmm. I can't do that at these smaller conferences because it changes that dynamic. And me personally, just in life, I walk a very thin line on like fun or annoying. (laughs) And it's a balance that I've had to give in myself and that it kind of happens that I can be super fun, but I can cross into that line of being incredibly annoying very quickly. (laughs) It's funny that you said that. But at least I'm self-aware. Also, side note, I'm pretty sure that at one point me and Josh went to the car and I was a little drunk and I basically sat there the entire time and like told him how awesome he was. I was like, Josh, you're so amazing. I was like, you don't say a lot, but it's so meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) He's like opposite with you. You say a lot and it's just nonsense. It's nonsense, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, it was really interesting. I don't think there was too many reasons why we wanted to go other than obviously it's a UFO con. It was so close to us. Melinda Leslie was going to be there, and we haven't had an opportunity to see her in a couple years. And so that was really cool. Yeah, I think that was kind of like our big motivator when I saw it and I saw that she was going to be there. I was like, Brie, we haven't seen her for a hot second. We love her. Let's just go. Even if it's just to go see her lecture, it's worth the 50 bucks because it was, you know, only 50 bucks a day to go. Which is very affordable. (laughs) Because it's not going to be for free on YouTube, so don't expect that you can just go online and have full access to it for free. (laughs) I was telling your mom about that downstairs. She was laughing. But I will say, we kind of sort of ran into someone we knew for a hot second, but then they didn't come back. And I want to talk about this because I have some exciting information for you. All right. So I know you're talking about Olaf. So me and Josh... Per usual, we're without you somewhere. You had to have been like in the bathroom or something. And something happens when it's just me and Josh and you're not there. And I see this person walking and I'm like, who the fuck is that? I know that person. And I'm like looking at Josh. I'm trying to find him everywhere. We're telling Bree that he's here. Bree's like, you guys are just making things up. This person is not here. Like (laughs) per usual, you guys are crazy and you're just assuming things. So then I was like, you know what? Why don't we send him a message and ask him if he's here or not? And then sure as shit, he was there. So we were not wrong, but he did leave. Now he said he was going to come back and visit us and he did not. He apologizes for that. Unfortunately, And he said that he had some shit he had to take care of. But he let me know that he has a present for us. Ooh. Specifically to take on our adventures with us. What? He won't tell me what it is. No. We've been playing the guessing game a lot today. I've been asking him a lot of questions because he's like, I'm not going to tell you what it is because that's going to ruin it. And I'm like, okay, let me guess. And he goes, here's the deal. It's something that has like a very, a very shady past. And it's something that if I give to you, you have to promise not to use on me in a negative way. Yeah. And I'm like, a voodoo doll. An a umbrella? Head. No, because it has to have a shady past. Yeah, well, fucking umbrellas can be shady if the sun's out. Mate, well, that's true. That was a good one. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> but so I'm like, a voodoo doll. I was like, a dead little girl's pigtails. Oh, uh, man, what a riddle. Right? I was shady like, past. Yes. And you can use it. It's definitely in the magic realm. Not satanic, not witches. And I asked all this. I was like, Native American? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh. Oh, shit. We should type that into Google. What has a shady past? And he says it's from like the 1950s. Okay, wait. We need a second. Hold on. Should I pull up the text messages real quick? You want me to read some of them to you? Yes, please do. Because if we don't get this and we upload this, someone please comment if you have the answer. All right. Let me get get on our our Insta. Oh, man. I have shady past you can't use against me. In a negative way. In a negative way. Shady past. 
Oh, he also told me that he's going to bring us a piece of Aleister Crowley's house. A piece of it? Yeah. It's going to be like a tiny piece of wood? His house on, like, Loch Ness. That's dope. Isn't that fucking cool? No, that could be fucking full of some weird shit. That's what I'm saying. Energy. I don't know if I want that. Maybe that's it. No, because he says it's not that. That's in addition. And when are we going to get these traits? He said either the next time we see him, um, he's not 100% sure if he's coming to contact yet. But he also says he lives fucking an hour and a half from us. And he's like, why don't we hang out more? Okay, so he was like, by the way, I have something for your adventures. And I said, ooh, mysterious. He goes, oh, it's very mysterious. And I said, oh, I have to know what it is. He goes, I'm not going to tell you. It's just mysterious. And he's like, okay, wait, let, let's guess on it. I'm like, all right, let's guess. Oh, here's his hints. Here's his hints. He said, I will say it's a thing and it's very weird. The thing, it's mysterious and very interesting, but hazy story. And I was said, is it a ghost in a jar? <laughs> And he said, no, but that would be really fun. He said, my friend had one of these and I was like, I have to have one, but it's a bit unnerving. So I was like, unnerving. Okay, so now we're getting into like dark territory. So I said, is it a voodoo doll? Is it a shrunken head? A dead little girl's pigtails. He said, no, I was thinking that when I go back to New Orleans, I'll get a couple voodoo dolls. I then asked him if it was a 1852 Ouija board. And he said, I was close. Oh, He's like, close. He said, is it a dead woman's finger? And he said, no, but good guess. He said, I guess I should also make you promise when I give it to you to not use it on me negatively, only positively. And I said, is it a wizard's wand? And he said, that wouldn't be shady enough. I was like, a sigil. And he's like, no, but I'm in contact with the secret chiefs. What? Yes. And I was like, ooh, magic with a K? And he's like, oh, magic with a K. How do you know? And then he showed me a picture of a book he had just bought from Aleister Crowley, oh, okay. which is Magic with a K. And he's like, oh, it's interesting that you brought that up because I just synchronicity made me buy this book. And I was like, ooh, Aleister Crowley shit. So that's when he tells me about Aleister Crowley or whatever. So then I say, is it a 1788 ghost box? And he goes, no, you're cold now. You're, you're not going in the right direction. It can be used magically or stupidly. It's your choice, but this particular one has mojo. Is it a magic eight ball? I don't think so, <laughs> but that'd be interesting. So, so here's where I start to break it down. So I said, okay, so it's an object that you can use. It's shady as fuck. So it's either stolen from dead people or from dangerous people. And he said, yes. Tarot cards. I said, did it come out of a grave? He said, no. I said, is it origin somewhere here in the U.S.? He said, yes. I said, Southern? He said, no, which immediately takes out voodoo for me because voodoo is more in that area. I said, is it from the psychic community? He said, no, it's not from a psychic. Hmm. And he says, uh, it's from about the 1850s. I asked him if it was a spell book. He said no. Shit, son. And then he also offered to teach me some magic. And I said, fuck yes. Then I told him, I was like, well, one time we kind of sort of used magic and it didn't turn out so well. And so then I told him our story. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, no, no, no. That happens like that. And I was like, yeah. oh, we know now. We do. Sh we know the hard way. Oh my gosh. I'm so curious. What the hell could it be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm super interested. I have no idea. I'm going to need you to also think on it because this is an interesting one. And I'm like dying to know what's happening here. But specifically, yeah. it's something that we take with us places that we can use. It's the alethiometer. Mm. You never watched or read that no. show, so you wouldn't know no. what the fuck I'm talking about. No. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Shit. <laughs> I really want to know. I know. I hate riddles like this, and it's like occulty, so I feel like I should know. Yeah, that's what, so I figured if I would start to talk to you, maybe you could help me narrow it down. But I feel like some of my guesses were pretty good, you know what I mean? Your guesses were great, honestly. Yeah, for considering what information he gave me, I thought I was pretty on point with those guesses. Bree's literally, her hands are on her head, <laughs> and she's, like, looking back and forth, like, mumbling to herself, like, what the fuck could this be? So now we're super interested. Now now I have to fucking know. Fuck. 
I can't think of anything outside of those things that it would be. I'm guessing some sort of man-made object. I couldn't imagine it's something like a chunk of a tree or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like some crystal because I don't think you can use it like that. No. So it's like, what would you be using in magic? And, and, and he said it's shady. It comes from a shady thing. But then that's shady... anything. That could be something made of a tree. He could not be using the term like shady in the way that we think. No, because he also said be... he, he interviews the word shady and hazy. hazy. Chloroform? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Remember at work when we used to get those calls from the fucking pharmacist? Do you need some pills or something? And you went dead serious, like, yes, I need a bottle of chloroform. And I remember the guy, like, genuinely trying to find it in his system. And he's like, okay, and what uh, what milligram does it come in? What kind of pill? Really trying to look this up. I keep telling him, I'm like, oh, I need it for sleep. Yeah, and then you're like, like, I need it for my husband. Yeah. He doesn't sleep without it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, like, finally at the end, he had realized, like, what I was talking about. And then he hung up on me. But I thought that was, like, the greatest. I probably wasted his time for, like, ten minutes that at least. That was the best thing ever, though. That was so fucking hilarious. I enjoyed that. Okay. Well, we have a mystery on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. And if anyone has any ideas, DM them to us directly. Text us, email, it doesn't matter. Please. Yes, please. Send us your ideas because we are going to be throwing them at him constantly to try to figure out what the fuck this is. Man, I'm so glad you did not tell me that when, or even if you had the conversation while we were at UFOCon, because I would have just bugged him to come meet us immediately and it would have just been on my mind. I just had the conversation this morning. Yeah, I'm glad then. Yeah. That, it wasn't when we were there because I would have been like you have to come and you have to bring it right now and then we'll just use it on everyone however we use this thing my first thought that came to mind when he was like I have something for you because we've been talking about this recently is the Whitley Strieber probe oh my god <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> like if he listened to the episode and like brought you like a recreation he was like here you go like immediately that's where my mind went but I didn't say it <laughs> but He's I like, wanted to plug it into the wall it works in <laughs> interesting ways <laughs> Please don't use it on me. First prototype. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, goodness. All right. So back back to the episode. So we had a lot of fun at UFO Con. I do want to mention that we met some really cool dudes. UFO Garage Podcast. Joe and Ben, we had an absolute riot with them. They we were did. there recording and, like, interviewing all the speakers and stuff. And we were just shooting the shit with them. And we had some great conversations, and we drank, and we hung out, and they're really two really cool guys. They're based out of Texas, where, you know, our other podcast friends are, Bobby and Adam. So definitely go give them a listen, you know, check them out, see if you guys vibe with it. I haven't had the chance yet, but I really want to see if they can make it to contact because that would just be a dope addition to our crowd. I think they would have so much fun they with that contact. They would have so much fun. They would have so much fun. Oh, man. I was telling Jamie, like, you flew all the way from Texas to go to the smallest convention. You might as well fly to go to the biggest convention and the most fun you could imagine. Well, if you're going to do it, let's do it. Let's do it big. But there were some really cool people there. Well, you know what? We'll tell them to enter our contest to win a free ticket. And then what? They'll just split it in half. Maybe. <laughs> They'll be like, but one ticket applies to one podcast. Speaking of that, guys, we are going to be having another giveaway here in the next month. We're not Surprise sure exactly the details on it or how it's going to happen or what we're going to do. But keep that. Keep your eyes on our Instagram so you guys can see what's going to happen with that. Because we do want another one of you to come. Congratulations, Aaliyah, for winning the ticket. We're so excited to meet you down there. You did a really good job at reposting the whole contest in general. And Every so day. you really, really deserved it. Honestly, we, we kind of figured with how many entries you had, it was going to be almost impossible for you not to win. So I was excited when you did. I was telling Bria, I was like, that's going to be fucked up if she did it every single day and this random thing didn't fucking pick her. So we're really, really excited about that. So Jamie, what were some of the people that we listened to in UFOCon that really stood out to you? 
Well, I'll start off by saying that we were to the event early and on time, which is something that never really happens to never. us. And so we did get to see the very first lecture of the day, which is Marion Grace. She's an expert on crop circles and even hosts kind of like a group about crop circles here in the Bay Area. So we were really excited to listen to her. And I will admit, first I was like, oh, crop circles. I don't know if I really want to listen to this f- first lecture. We probably won't see it because we're always late. But you know what? It was probably one of the best lectures of the day, in all honesty. And the information she had been giving out was fantastic. The symbolisms and the the visuals that you see inside of these crop circles have so much more of a meaning than we really even understand. I really appreciate her take on crop circles and it actually being a reflection, like a message of our consciousness, opposed to it just being a really cool design and some strange way of contact. You know, everyone has their own explanations of what the hell a crop circle could really be or be about but I really loved the lens in which she looks at it, that they're telling stories about our consciousness and about where our consciousness should be going or the limit, I should say the limits that we put on our consciousness and really how it can expand into so much more. I would compare them very much to like, pictographs that you would see on the insides of caves. You know what I mean? Like somebody was leaving some sort of a message for other people to look into. And when you see these pictographs, they tell these stories inside of here. And you may not exactly know what they mean because the symbolism is going to be slightly different, but it's interesting, especially the ones, the crop circles that would like start really small. And then as the days would go on, like something kept coming back every night and making them bigger and bigger and adding on to them. And the way she was telling these stories, it just made so much sense to me. Like, oh my God, you're right. Like that's fucking insane. I've never, ever thought of crop circles, the actual display being a conversation about our consciousness. I honestly think that she is an extremely brilliant woman and it really takes that type of intelligence to even look at something like that and connect it to something. And then when she does, it's so obvious. It's like, oh shit, you're right. You know, I've seen a lot of those crop circles time and time again because she touched on a lot of really famous ones, but it was like seeing it for the first time, the way that she described it and the connections that she made to them. Well, and especially, too, I, I kind of noticed a lot of the crop circles she were talking about were, like, in the same area. Like, it was crazy how this one area in England, I mean, it was had to have been 60% of the crop circles that she showed were from this area in England. And it, what is it about that area that is so special? Is this another one of these, like, you know, portals that we have here on Earth that are, like, just a hotbed of information? Like, why is it there of all places? Well, there were specific locations, though, that have been known for being portals and vortexes, and they're ancient sacred sites that have held up. And I think humans are really great at demolishing things and kind of trashing things over time. And these areas in England are really where these sacred sites have really held up really well, and they've been taken care of, and people honor them. And so I think it's also a reflection back to that. We're going to come meet you here because you guys are actually decent people over here. (laughs) And taking care of it. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I don't know if you remember at the bar when I was having a conversation with one of the guys. But we somehow got on the topic about how, you know, it's crazy that over in England you have all of these really historic sites, all of these very powerful, like, spiritual places. But you don't have a lot of that in America. But we've all been around the same amount of time. This, This world, you know, like, these lands have always been here. And I was expressing to him how I think, you know, like the Native Americans must have had a lot of these kind of sites as well. But here we are as America. And the one thing that America does well and often is cover up a lot of its Native American history. So it makes me sad to think about a lot of these sites that we're losing out on because of how selfish our country is. 
I'll say how selfish our early settlers yes, were. Yes, absolutely. Not not maybe so much now, but maybe kind of sort of now as well. But you know. But what I yeah, mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. We took advantage of the land and the people that were here first. And and I feel like because of that, now in the in the present, we're not being rewarded as some of those Ooh, places overseas are with you know those beautiful displays of knowledge and information and we don't we don't really get crop circles and stuff like that here but i think it is because we're not taking care of that land like they do over there we don't hold it as sacred as they do it's become a a point of travel for us we have to go there in order to experience it or i'm sure there's plenty of places here in the united states that are buried who knows maybe one of these fucking days we'll have our own little gobekli tepe but it'll be like in arkansas and honestly, I hope and I pray Me too. and I truly genuinely believe that we do, but we are just a country that buries or we'd probably fill, hide it maybe. We fill in holes and we and we bury on top of it. We don't we don't preserve a lot of things here unfortunately and it's 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 sad and I, I think that we're seeing especially now recently a lot more kind of portals in the United States opening up because I think that a lot of people are starting to also realize that that we're not taking the time to take care of things. Yeah, and we were just late to the party, you know? I mean, we came from Africa, right? And then as settlers went on, they went to Europe first before anyone was even over to the Americas. So maybe by the time that happened, we were just so... Maybe we weren't as in tuned. And the only people that were in tuned were the Native Americans. And we slaughtered them all. slaughtered, raped, pillaged, and we pretty much wiped all of their tradition away. We're kind of becoming full circle now, a lot of us. Now we're realizing how horrible that was and we just want it back, you know? So long ago, we didn't really give a shit about the past and what that meant. And that's why we are so quick to trash people's belief systems and all of their old traditions that they had that were very special and very magical. We did not care, not even a little bit. But now it's like we're starving for some of that information to come through and we're searching and searching and we're trying to find something that we can grasp onto to understand it. We're just left with breadcrumbs and it's our fault, but I think it's special that, you know, it's like a time for people and consciousness, you're either rising or I think you're declining to a certain point. You know, you're either ascending or you're descending. And I think a lot of us are ascending in a point of consciousness where we honor our ancestors. We want to learn more about ourselves. Because I think we're finally getting to that point where we realize that Focusing so much on the present and trying to figure out who we are isn't going to really do it for us. We need to look back to the past in order to understand who we are as a whole. And I think we're finally looking back and realizing, holy shit, there's stuff that we've buried that we need to uncover now again. It's probably a a mixture of obviously having information that is available to us through meditation and stuff. I think we could easily access that information now and then it's reaching back into our past, into ancestral history, and then bringing it back into the now. I have a weird question for you because while we were at this conference waiting for one of the uh, speakers to start talking who we'll talk about next, we had a very brief conversation with someone who was a hypno-regressionist. Okay. Would you be interested in me and you getting some of that done and recording it for the podcast, some sessions? I would do past life regression. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But recording it for the podcast. Oh, that would be really interesting. I've always, always, always wanted to come across someone that does QHHT. Explain that to the audience. Quantum healing hypnosis technique. Past life regression, but exploring the quantum realm so it can be your present life, parallel lives, 
lives on other planets from either the past in a lineal form, but also not in the lineal form. And what I've seen are people really can tap into all the different aspects of themselves that is available to them at this time. It's just amazing. I would love to be like, oh my gosh, I'm on, you know, some random ass planet. And I remember I had six children and they were all brats. And that's why I don't want to have kids right now. You know, stuff like that. (laughs) Well, how about this? How about listeners reach out to us? And if you think that that's a path that you guys would want to listen to and have us go down, and if you guys want to be in on that journey with us, let us know. We're like genuinely, seriously considering it. It's not cheap. Oh, hell no. And so we need to know if you guys, if we're going to go down this path, we need to know if you guys are going to be on board and into this with us. That would be fun. Man, that would be so fun. All right, Brie, let's talk about another speaker who, again, we were a little bit like, ugh, I don't know if I want to go see this one. I don't really know this person. And we sat down because we got our times wrong and ended up being another one of the really good lectures of the time that we were there. And it's a man named Eric Mitchell. I will love to have him on the podcast. You know, when I did speak to him briefly about it, hopefully he does come on and he reaches out to us. We did give him our information. This is only his second time coming public and talking about his story. And after this lecture, I have nothing but more questions for him. I almost think he purposely left his lecture in a way where you're left with, wait, but what happened? Like, what are more of the things that happened to you, you know? And what was funny is they were having a very brief kind of question and answer at the end of his lecture. And I went up to go ask a question and the question before me is where they stopped at. And my question was going to be digging into a little bit more of his story and exactly what was going on there. Because he didn't give like a linear, this is where it started, this is what happened, these were the consequences. It was more of just like, these are the consequences that have happened around (laughs) me. And it was all very terrifying. Yeah, I'll have to say. It's not all fun and games with being an alien contactee. And it's extremely traumatic. And the trauma continues. And it's how you navigate your life through that. And it's always good to hear both sides. I think a lot more people are you know, moving towards the love and light part. That could also be just moving past the trauma and finding understanding and acceptance that way. You end up, you know, on the more positive side, but he was very, he was making it very clear that it was not necessarily a great time, that it was actually quite the opposite. Well, just like everything in life, there's two sides to every coin, you know? There is, we've come to a place where we think of things in a much more positive way. But I think that if me and you both look back, a lot of negative happened, but we've changed our perception on that negativity. You know, maybe he's just not there yet, or maybe positivity isn't something that's in his future. I'm going to say no, because he did at one point say that he would have never changed those those experiences for the world. No, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think he's on the positive part of it's worth it type of thing. I will say he's working with some great universities now, like Harvard and stuff like that, and doing some studies into abductees and experiencers and things like that. So he's definitely somebody to look out for. He's definitely somebody who who takes a very scientific Mm -hmm. approach to this, which is, I think, very indicative when we're talking about that negative spin on the topic. Sometimes it comes along with that scientific side of it, unfortunately. When you get to that scientific side, it's hard to hear a lot of the light and positivity because the light and positivity isn't scientific. I gotcha. Things are moving towards more towards the science realm. Absolutely. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think that there's good and bad in that. I was just going to say, it's a good and a bad thing because like, I love the nuts and bolts and I love the science, but I think sometimes when you're strictly science, 
it takes away your imagination a little bit. And so you're able to look bigger. So it's, I think right now it's okay that science is coming first because I think it's something that we've been missing for a long time in this field. It's about finding, as with all life, that balance, that balance mm -hmm. between good and evil, between science and your imagination and how all of these really work together with each other. Yeah. I say I really appreciate the scientific approach to things like psychic ability. I think that is the kind of thing that's important because it's taking the woo-woo side off it and saying, look, this is a real studied thing that shows up time and time again. So you can't disprove these people and push them aside by saying they're all crazy and they're just kind of in the Looney Tunes spiritual realm. It's something that we can observe over and over again and have results. And therefore, that is a scientific method in itself. And I think that's really cool. That's one part of that science right now that I'm accepting and actually looking forward to what happens in the future. People will take things like that a lot more seriously through a scientific lens. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. It, we want to reach those types of people now because I think we've hit a lot of our potential in this topic when it comes to the woo-woo-wee shit. We've hit our ceiling of reaching those types of people who are open to that. And I think now we're trying to open up to an even wider audience when it comes to this topic. And when I say we, I don't mean just me and Brie, I mean the community as a whole when it comes to the alien topic. We're trying to reach people who we have never reached before in order to give them information. And so I think that this is a great way to perpetuate that. Yeah, like invite everybody in and then we can all grow together opposed to only having more of the spiritual people. Exactly. Having both. And hopefully they can complement each other. And, and make us stronger. And be such a divide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think our country in general has been very divided over, you know, God knows how long. And I'm hoping that this is the kind of stuff that's going to bring us all closer together. I think once people realize that we're not alone in the universe, that itself is tremendous. Well, it's going to be very reminiscent of, you know, the, the blue marble theory when we were on the moon looking back at our planet and we understood exactly in that moment how really insignificant and small that we were compared to everything else around us. So I'm looking forward to another type of revelation like that in our future, especially for our planet. Yeah, to have a new perspective and then grow from there. Yeah, that'd be a great point of unity. All right, Brie, the last speaker of the night that we listened to, Melinda. Melinda is always great. We asked her to be on the podcast as well. She did go over her abductions and a this happened, this happened, this happened. I love her story. It's crazy. It's relatable. Not only that, but there's a lot of information inside of there too. So much that it's sometimes hard for her to tell her story in a linear fashion because so much happened. And I think that's how most people's stories are. You say, well, where does it start? Well, like my starting point is where exactly what she said, actually. She said something like it starts where I first remember. Mm hmm. And that's because you realize as the more time goes on that it had happened, things like that, the interactions had happened way back when you were a kid. But there's a point where you remember in a later time in life. And to you, that's like the very first time. Until you start pulling the string on the sweater and it starts to unravel, then you realize that you had a snag fucking years ago. That's why when people sometimes ask me, they say, well, what was your first? And we ask this to a lot of our you know, people that we interview here. What was your first UFO experience? And that's kind of a loaded question because sometimes yeah. you don't know when you're... I always say, well, my first conscious experience yeah. was da-da-da-da-da. But then I always like to say, though, but linear time-wise, that's not the first first. This is just the first one I was aware of. And then as I've dug in deeper into my past and, you know, my own experiences, I realized it, got, it started a lot earlier than that and I just didn't mm -hmm. realize it. As I think what happens with almost every abductee in the world. I don't think someone at, you know, one years old when they had an experience or saw some weird shit outside their window necessarily goes into adulthood remembering that. 
Yeah. Those things stick out to you, but not enough to question. Or, and we were talking about this a little bit briefly, and I'm not quite sure what to call this phenomenon yet, or if there's a name for it, or if we're going to have to make one up for it. But I was talking to Brie about how it's interesting, especially in this community, how we see so many people where an event happens to them and then they don't talk about it for a long time. Right. And it's not that they don't want to talk about it. It's that they literally just don't forget. remember it. They forget about it. And I had been listening to Astonishing Legends, which you guys know is one of my favorite podcasts, and they were talking about some of their paranormal experiences at the Sally House. And they were interviewing some people who had a radio show, talking about the experiences and stuff. And the girl who was there said, it's so interesting because all of this happened in real time and they ignored a lot of it. And she didn't realize that until she had went back later and listened to all of the recordings. And she was like, holy shit, so much more happened than we realized. And we literally just chose to ignore it and continue on. And what is it about that phenomenon where like something like significant like that happens and mean, is it your, is it your brain trying to protect you? And so it shuts it down. Mm. Is it something bigger than that? Like, what is that phenomenon where it's like you have an amazing life-changing experience and then don't fucking talk about it for God knows how long, or maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few years. Everybody is slightly different, but we've noticed with, you know, the alien community, the paranormal, like all of this seems to be tied together in some way, these kind of experiences and the reactions that it has to your mind. And that's very interesting, actually, because when you said that, when you were telling me that story, and you're saying, yeah, it's all connected. And we're like, yeah, well, we've been saying it's all connected, but I've never actually connected it. thought the same type of thing, the blockages could happen with a paranormal experience. Yeah. And I didn't either until I heard that episode. And then I was like, holy shit, they're literally describing what me and Brie have experienced and what we talk about in so many of our podcasts. You know, it's funny because when you bring that up, it makes me think, has there been so much more that I don't remember? Especially with paranormal stuff, you know? 100%. Me personally, I think that there is because for some reason you're very terrified, very terrified of the paranormal, even though you're very interested in it, which makes me think that something has happened that your brain does not want to tell you about, which is blocking you, which is why you're so interested in it but unable to have it tangibly be in front of you without being like scared shitless. Which again, hypnosis, let's do some regression, let's do some work and figure out what's at our core. <laughs> so I'm like, remember that, oh, like when I was five years old, I used to talk to demons. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, oh my God, there was this little, you know, red demon that lived under my bed. <laughs> no, it's just sometimes you know things are real, but then when you're confronted with it in front of you, it's all too real. I know, but listen, Regardless of all of this, we had a really great time at UFOCon. We do highly recommend that you go. I will admit it's a little bit of an older crowd. We definitely were some <laughs> of the younger people there. So, you know, let's liven the event up next year. Let's get some younger people there. Let's change this crowd and change this dynamic. Let's get future generations in there learning this information. That's what I think is so important about people our age and maybe even younger people that have an interest in the topic getting involved because we have to make it grow somehow we can't just leave it in the hands of those before us we respect them we look up to them but it's time for us to be involved and to look at things through a different filter like yeah. millennials do we like filters let's bring it in and let's explore more that maybe some people have kind of hit a wall with especially people that are into this you know i feel like star seeds indigos all that kind of thing it's almost like we're born more naturally into it and there's different energies that we're more in tuned with and we've grown up in a completely different world so it's We've got to evolve with it. This subject has got to evolve with us. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, 
I will definitely say I'm very interested in people even younger than us getting into it. And you know, one of my best examples of that is your sister, you know, somebody who's younger than us who maybe not necessarily be super into it, but we've definitely piqued her interest. If I asked her right now if aliens were real, she wouldn't say no. You know what I mean? No, because I took her on a night vision. No, no, but that's what I mean, though. Getting that younger generation involved. And she right. might not be crazy over the top like we are, but she's definitely... You never know. Yeah, she has an interest <laughs> in the subject. I will say, she's coming into contact with us, and she's like... Yeah, her second she, year. She's literally like, she's like, no, I'm going. Like, it's not an option. It wasn't like, oh, she was like, no, 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 I'm going with you. Yeah. And I will be there. And so I love to see that kind of, like, ambition because it makes me think that she's she wants to learn more. And that's really all I want out of the generations that are going to come after us is just be open to that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily have to dive in like we do and make it your entire life. But it's so refreshing that somebody her age wants to learn more. I have hope for the younger generations. I do. And a lot of older generations wouldn't say that. No. They're like fucking millennials. Exactly. Fucking blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay, boomers. Yeah, exactly. Okay, boomers. All right, Brie, let's do our speaker profile. That wasn't the last speaker of the event. There was Paul Hynek. I will admit we didn't see his lecture because um, we got really hungry. We got so distracted, the freaking potato skins. Oh, they were so good. They hit. Anyway, so we really were looking forward to that. That was the one person that was on our list. And one thing that Jamie was saying that was actually really interesting, is some of the people that we kind of put like a little asterisk next to their name, like, oh, yeah, we got to see these people. We didn't necessarily make it to those. We made it to the ones that we thought weren't going to be as interesting. And we were delightfully surprised that it actually was extremely interesting. We're bummed that we did miss Paul's lecture, but we will have a chance to see him at Contact in the Desert. He's going to be doing a few panels. I think he's also going to be doing some intensives. And if you don't know who Paul Hynek is, he's the son of J. Allen Hynek from Project Blue Book. He's been helping the History Channel right now with their Project Blue Book series. It's the second season. It's going pretty cool. I have to say, have you been watching this season by any chance? I have not. It's pretty good. You know, I, anytime UFO shits on TV, I think it's interesting to watch. But he kind of has a little bit of an insider view on what it's really like to be a part of the the Hynek lineage and, and being with his dad when he was investigating all these different UFO cases and kind of the, the inside scoop on what it's really like. And, you know, I did I, I did have a brief second to talk to him. And I said, you know, I didn't see your lecture, unfortunately. I said, when the stomach grumbles and you need to eat, you got to go. And he was like, no, I totally understand. I said, but we're going to be seeing you at contact. And I want to be able to sit down and ask you some questions. And he said, I will be making time. Don't you worry. Excellent. So, Hopefully, we'll be able to dig in a little bit. So you guys, look up Paul. See see what it's about. Send us any questions you guys have for him because we are going to be having the opportunity to be able to sit down with a lot of these speakers and ask the questions that you guys want to hear answers to. He's quite the entrepreneur. I had no idea. Yes, he really is. I believe he was involved in many movies like Avatar, all kinds of movies. I can't even think of it. And even video games like Call of Duty. He's just, he's... A very, very smart man. It's interesting to see him kind of pave the way in the science and technology and entertainment field with his background. So it'll be really interesting to get to talk to him and hopefully for you guys to see him too if you can make your ass out to contact in the desert this year. 
And right before we end this episode, I do want to say that I want to give a shout out to Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, who has offered to come onto the show. So we're going to be reaching out to him soon, get a little talk. He has a lot of listeners and he has a very interesting perspective and the prettiest hair me and Brie have ever seen. The best smelling hair too. And I got so creepy. I was like <laughs> smelling his head like so many times. Brie like, made him like sit down it. in a chair. Yeah. And then, like, flipped his hair upside down, and then we realized that half of his head was shaved, but it was, like, so thick. And luscious. So maybe that's Ugh. what the podcast needs to be about when we interview him is what are the hair secrets? Help a girl out. Well, Bree, his hair smelled so beautiful, and Bree's like, what do you use? I need to know what the smell is. And he like he was like, I don't know, cologne? Like, and I'm like, no, bullshit. No. Call bullshit. Can you please give us your routine? Spill the deets. So we love you guys so much. Tune in next week for our next topic. Bree, I think it's time for some shout-outs. <laughs> Brandy, Destiny, Vanessa, Danielson, Dylan, Anthony, J Plus, Matt, Bobby, Rod, Simon, Spacey D, AP, Jan, Reese, Melissa, and Shay, Donna, and Jessica from Moonplay Cosmetics. All right, thanks guys so much. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you guys next week. We love you all. Uh, fuck you, Mountain View, California, and fuck you, Bobby. Love you all. Good night. Bye.